yeah. I, I guess we're in Adult Swim now. We're yeah. in Adult Swim. How, how the fuck is this possible? Well, uh, in case you guys didn't know, uh, Pickles was actually on the COVID response team. He's right up there next to Ed McMahon. So it, like, I don't know why it's surprising everyone that we're, that the president of the United States is asking everyone to drink bleach to trick the doctors into thinking they don't have COVID. Uh, I mean, how are you going to leave out a representative of, like, literal fucking death metal trillionaires from your staffed with rich as fuck CEO's uh, COVID response team? I mean, so of course he's going to have him on there. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's like, Def Clock is, you know, they are the biggest band in the world. Everyone knows this. 12th largest economy. Yeah. People rarely die at their concerts, but it doesn't matter because Def Clock is fucking awesome. And they can't hold concerts right now. That's a problem. That cuts it to their bottom line. And... You know, it's... <laughs> they caused a recession when they missed their last album, Deadline, by, like, a month, so... Yeah, and yeah, I mean, that's like... True. I mean, we all know that Swissgar, he is doing solo shows for some reason, but that... And, of course, yes, it has caused 12,000 deaths, but that's not enough to keep up with the whole death clock death industry that's grown up. And, yeah. like... Yeah, like funeral planners, morticians. And I think that, like, this move that Trump has taken is, like, he's really, like, stepping up and finally becoming presidential, you know? Like, uh, I know everyone said this a hundred times every time he's done any single thing, but I think Trump has really turned around this time. And, you know, this bleach thing, it's going to bring things back. It's going to bring everyone back to work historians are going to look back on this and they're going to compare it to fdr's uh we have nothing to fear but fear itself i mean yeah this is like that turning a corner thing that all the centrists have been thirsty over for the last four years it's you know okay i didn't vote trump i did write in trump jr but i did not vote trump and so this is why did you turn around his jr i wrote in trump jr just in case trump dies um (laughs) that's fair no (laughs) no uh i oh god i can't do that bit too long it's too hard I can't keep it up. I can't keep it up. <laughs> it, it, it was really hard to be the never Trumper. I couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> like it, It's just you got to get in that brain space of the only things I care about are my tax bracket and the American military blowing up brown people. And I just like, I mean, I just can't fathom that. That's like some yeah. fucking like, I don't know. That's like some super jail shit there. Yeah, no, we are in the Adult Swim timeline, and, you know, it's it's really interesting because, like, it, like, people say that, like, you know, the Metalocalypse writers predicted the future with the bleach drinking thing, but the real ones who predict the future 
are us three the fates of economics somehow yeah. yeah and i'm obviously the hot sexy maiden and one of you is the crone and the other is the matron but i don't give a shit um i'm the hot sexy one and we see into the future we control the strands of fate which is why i unknowingly i really want to formally apologize to our audience for predicting that boris johnson would live yeah I, yeah i'm sorry like, we with, fucked up we like fucked with up. the batting average we've been getting with the shit that we've been throwing off the cuff we really should have known better yeah yeah like when doc predicted less than five dollars a barrel for fucking oil we all laughed that was a joke it was a joke oh, it was supposed to be a joke we when we did that like totally biblical opening bit we thought 20 a barrel was the apocalypse yeah our yeah. we're like okay no we need to like what's the most out there thing what is yeah. an apocalyptically low price for oil <laughs> what would ruin like, the oil industry and just the economy in general yeah yeah 20? we were like 20 that sounds about right that's 30, like what 30 bucks a barrel versus? yeah yeah. Um, i mean we were like no there's no possible way that the biggest oil players in the world are just gonna keep grinding their dicks for sausage meat like this that would just be fucking stupid yeah and then it happened the sausage grinder is going by itself now (laughs) (laughs) that's what happens when you attach it to a motor (laughs) but there's honestly it's kind of hilarious. I like what's some of the other shit that's just like totally fucking out there that somehow has happened. Like, okay, so we predicted the end of the fucking oil industry. Um, mm-hmm. We predicted the we, stock market crash. Uh, oh yeah, we like accurately called the stock market is basically like completely wiped out all of the past four years of gains and is like flopping around like a dead fish. Um, I predicted that the um, I predicted that the iPhone would not launch on time. Um, yeah. Admittedly, a lot of us saw it. No, but it's a pretty specific prediction. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I personally, I personally killed the launch. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I was like, look, there is no way those units are on the boat right now, and they need to be on the boat to make their target date. And guess what? They weren't. Or they were, but they knew there wasn't enough coming for it to matter. Oh, and we were kind of, like, totally tongue-in-cheek, unintentionally calling all of this, like, divided States of America shit that's been going down. Like, all that shit about Gavin Newsom being Julius Caesar, that was just a bit. Like, that wasn't supposed to be like, oh shit, he actually is kind of going full-on Caesar here. Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting to the point it's just like, oh wait, like the US US states are doing like eighteen sixty shit with like conferences of states and stuff. It's it's pretty yeah. wild. We're we're headed straight towards like some shit that like people two years ago would have thought was just like absolutely bullshit and dumb. And you, if you predicted it, like you would 
people would I think mean, you're doing a, a bit, you know? <laughs> like, at if, best. If you, at if, best. If you pitched this entire year so far to any studio anywhere in December 2019, they would have laughed you out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you might have gotten a publishing deal from Sea Lion Press, but it would have been like their worst book ever. Maybe like yeah. who are those guys that like published the like the fucking like really trash like fucking gearhead blow shit up sci fi? Like what are they again? Um, uh, Techno Bane. Bane. Yeah, they would turn this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, Tom Clancy would be bad. like, "You're on crack." If he yeah, was still alive. Like, the year started off, it was like, what, like January 2nd or something? When, we always have World War Three. Yeah, when Khashoggi was fucking assassinated. So, yeah. No, it's it's a wild year, and uh, well, there was the we apologize for it. Uh, yeah, the impeachment that, that's like, that, the fact that like that happened and I forgot about it says a lot about this year. <laughs> The president was impeached and I forgot. 2016 is eternal. We are now in the fifth year of 2016. Yep. We are entering the eye of the time storm. This is the adult swim timeline. The only question is, are you a main character or are you in the background? I mean, that just determines, like, the manner in which you're going to die horribly, but, you know. No, no, we are named characters. So, we are know. definitely named characters in the background who will be killed next, like halfway through next season. Yeah, <laughs> in a gag. Yeah. It, there will be a whole gag about us dying. Totally. So we're pretty important. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh God. Uh, you know. So I, yeah, just to get it out there, I I would actually. Since we are stuck in Adult Swim, I I wouldn't mind, like, moving to, like, Florida while Nathan Explosion was governor, because that would be an improvement. Because at least we know things are going to be an absolute heavy metal shithole. I mean, like, okay, see, okay, Nathan Explosion, Governor Nathan Explosion of Florida would make sure that Florida sinks into the sea in an orgy of death. But at least it's an orgy of death. Like, 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 yes, yes. Like the man said at the end of his term, he was the best damn governor we ever had. Right? It's yeah. And <laughs> they built him and a I, statue. Look, I agree with all this, and I grew up in Florida. Okay. <laughs> it's. Yeah, like it's not good there. Like DeSantis, he's gonna kill everyone in the world. orgy. Rick like, Scott, all those fucking people. None of them are even slightly competent compared to Nathan Explosion. I mean, at least you know Nathan Explosion was fairly straightforward about what he wanted to do at the state. Sit around and eat chips. Mm-hmm. Nathan Explosion knew how to delegate. Yes. <laughs> the, he at least knew to delegate. He had and, a presidential and, bearing, you know? Yeah. He brought Nathan Explosion to the 2024. 
you know, like his policy of allowing Murderface to take the National Guard out to blow shit up was like absolutely revolutionary for solving crime. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, hopefully we've got a explosion murder face joint ticket 2024. I mean, like, the death clock party is already rising in the polls and there aren't even any candidates. So, Tattoo I'm... parlors across the country have six-month waiting lists because everyone wants to get a gear branded on the back of their necks. Yeah, we're... We are... Well, also because all the tattoo shops are closed. <laughs> See, well, this oh is... yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, like. Wait, and... I thought we were reopening all of those. Yeah. On yeah, May first, right? Yeah. May first. Yeah, when everything will magically go back to normal. Yeah, uh, Mr. DJ T, uh, as I like to call him, uh, he's trying to make everyone open on May first. <laughs> It's fucking great. There's like... So Georgia is apparently opening up, and... Florida is... Oh, and the uh, county uh, board for Orange County is reopening the beaches. Oh, cool. That's gonna end well. You're, You're, like, friendly reminder that Orange County, like, is often referred to by other parts of California as being behind the orange curtain for being just this, like, absolute transplant of the worst of, like, waspy right-wing bullshit to Southern California. You cross the border into Orange County and all you see are McMansions and SUVs. As far as the eye can see, it's it's quite a so scene. it's a western colony of the Hamptons, isn't it? It's it's less that it is still very California. It's more tacky, and it imagines yeah. itself as being better. It's more like a colony of well, oh, it's a colony of Vera, Florida. Yeah, <laughs> oh it's my more God. like that. It's yeah. it's more like. It's more colony of those like gated communities in Florida. It's yeah. pretty bad. It's so like for people who don't know where that kind of place is, um, Vieira is the rich bitch section of Brevard County, uh, which is where I grew up. Um, it was notable for two things. One, it was where the school board was. Um, And the other thing was that for some bizarre reason, they thought that they were better than the rest of us in our shitty little subdivisions. It's like, bitch, your house is only worth 20,000 more dollars than ours is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This fucking like 5% increase in price makes them like some kind of like fucking alloy to your morlocks you know so these like rich fuckers they all want us to go back to work to so that they can make no, no, money no. off of our labor these Except people aren't really these people that aren't rich. even that rich yeah right yeah and yeah the, that's the, the that's the other thing about viera like all the actual rich people live in fucking miami okay 
They don't live in fucking Vieira. Vieira is for like fucking Skidoo dealership people. Oh, I mean, at least the Skidoo dealership has the, some use out there. Like Orange County is like the same bullshit of it's like yeah. the real rich people are up in Beverly Hills above LA. Fuck you very much. The people in Orange hey, also County Malibu. are like oh yeah Malibu as well. Like if you're like fucking Kanye rich, but like. If you're in Orange County, it's because you're a fucking plastic surgeon, or you're a real estate developer, or you're some hotshot lawyer, or maybe you fucking move money around on the internet or something, but you're, like, a fucking, like, piker next to, like, you know, the people that are like, yeah. yes, I have a yeah. fucking... sharks. Yeah, like, next to the people that are like, why, yes, I do have my own personal fire department, thank you very much, um... Yeah, and, like, these people yeah, who are, like... The, we're fucking... talking about the kind of people who have their own police department just so they can get around California guns. And, and yeah. harass, like, <laughs> anyone who speaks too much Spanish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, these are the kind of places at a sub-state level that are opening up. But, like, on the state level, like, Trump wants to, like, somehow force the governor's to rescind the lockdown orders. And, like, a lot of the governors are probably going to do that anyway, like we said earlier with, like, Georgia and stuff. But the thing about it is this... It it won't fix it anything. It won't fix anything. The, like, this, it's not going to do what they think it will. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, we've... It's not like the United States is sitting around like fucking Disneyland at seven in the morning waiting to open the gates for like the tourists to come in and spend their money on stupid fucking Mickey Mouse bullshit. I mean, what tourists? Yeah, that's the thing. It's the the, the economy runs off of people actually going out and doing things and people aren't doing that right now, even before the lockdowns happened. That's the problem. And yeah. Like, so these people, this is just more of the death cult stuff. This, more of this fucking, they're like, they're just like worshipping money and they're like, please, if we throw more bodies at you, then we'll fucking see the line go up. We'll see all of our fucking riches start to return and become like an eternal fucking engine of fucking gold and blood. And, you know... It's not going to happen, and pretty soon the great Satan will fall, and all the mammon worshippers will finally have the darkness of their sins come back on them and consume them. A tide of blood from all they have damned will rise up and fill their lungs, trapping them in an eternal drowning. There will be none left, and the world will weep in knowing it let them live far too long. Oh. <laughs> Inshallah, from your lips to God's ears. Uh, may their Ragnarok come soon. <laughs> in in Minecraft. Uh, in, in Minecraft. Minecraft. In Fallout seventy six. Oh wait, everyone's already done uh, Fallout seventy six. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there. This is this is just them trying to sacrifice people to make the money happen. They're just throwing them into the mouths of Moloch. <sighs> yeah, because they just think that it's 
if we can just whip consumer confidence back into the economy, if we can just do this whole the beatings will continue until morale improves thing, then somehow the galley slaves will start rowing again and the ship will start moving. Never mind that, you know, we're becalmed in the eye of a hurricane here. Um, and it really doesn't fucking matter which direction the galley slaves are rowing in at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really fucked. Like, like, there's so many businesses that can't make it without, like, all of these like, stimuluses and, like, free loans and stuff that are based entirely on there being the lockdown. Yeah, there's even, like, from a total right-wing rag, like, this is, like, by never-Trumpers kind of right-wing rag called the Bulwark, um, which, like, you know, usually, like, if they existed in print, they'd be great for wrapping fish or something, I think. Yeah. I mean, they'd probably dribble, like, the fucking oil all over your fingers or something, and it would really suck. They, but, you know, honestly, it'd, be, it'd make a good faith effort at wrapping your no, fish. No, no. We know that that would be a glossy magazine. Oh, yeah, that's, that's know true. It, it would be like Foreign Affairs or The Economist. It would be very bad for wrapping fish. That's true. <laughs> so not even good for that. Okay, I take that back, then. It's, um... It's basically for lining your, um, it's basically for lining, you know, the cage of your bird or the underside of the kitty litter box. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's useful for. Like, like it's the emergency toilet paper for after you run out of Ayn Rand. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Um, but we got this, like, from the executive editor of uh, this absolute fucking rag called we cannot quote reopen america is based by jonathan v last published on april 24th is basically saying the exact same shit we've been saying for the past like couple months now of particularly around covid that you can't reopen the america and he starts it off really strong by saying the movement to, quote, reopen America is a fallacy based on a fantasy. The fallacy is the notion that lifting stay-at-home orders will result in people going back to their normal routines. This is false. The state-issued stay-at-home orders did not determine most people's desires to stay home. They merely ratified behaviors that the vast majority of people and institutions were already adopting in response to COVID-19. The fantasy is that we can go back to what the world looked like 12 weeks ago. It is not possible now and will not be possible until we possess a vaccine for the novel coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, they're right. Yeah. Like, there is, like, I know we shit on, like, a lot of... Just, we'll say it right now to to be nice and clear, just to be nice and clear, Jonathan V. Last... Chop Shop is officially saying you were right about a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is an official uh, pronuncia. Uh, <laughs> you were right about one thing. He will get, like, the commendation in his email. Yeah. It's going to be very... <laughs> uh, be a very nice day for him, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, like, the most lavish PDF he's ever seen. Yeah, he's definitely going to get a package in the mail. Um, <laughs> the uh, No, we shit on, like, a lot of 
uh, these, like, wizards and sorcerers and these, like, bourgeois economists, but a lot of them actually do know how the capitalist economy behaves in a lot of conditions, you know? There is a lot of data out there that we can use to make predictions, uh, and occasionally these people who are in these magazines decide to look at the data. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty impressive. Then they're like, oh, wait, shit. The um, gravity appears to be working normally. Yeah, it appears yeah. that people will not go to a movie theater if they think they will die. Oh, like, the best thing is he goes into this, like, blow-by-blow blow about how Las Vegas is going to completely eat shit in, like, which is even better when you pair it yeah. with just that absolutely like anderson cooper face palming interview with the mayor of las vegas who was insisting oh, the exact right. opposite of yeah. all these things um actually we're gonna like throw that in really quick every one of those lives is a tragic loss but when you count 150 versus 2.3 million you have to say okay. we have to open up we have to right. go back our bus drivers our but hasn't cleaners, it been because of social distancing that the numbers have been what they are how do you know until we have a control group we offer to be a control group anybody who knows anything about statistics knows that for instance you have a vaccine you're, you're offering you the, real the citizens of las vegas to be a control group to see if your theory on social distancing no, works no, no, or doesn't no, work. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Don't put words in my mouth. You just what said I we'll said be a control I group. Offer, excuse me. What I said was I offered to be a control group and I was told by our statistician you can't do that because people from all parts of Southern Nevada come in to work in the city. And I said, oh, that's too bad, because I know when you have a disease, you have a placebo that gets the water and the sugar, and then you get those that actually get the shot. We would love to be that placebo side so you have something to measure against. So all you, the data and You want to get the placebo. You don't want to get the actual... Well, no, the group who gets the placebo, by the way, usually gets the short end of the stick. Um, well, you don't know. How do you know when you, Mayor, you're in part of let that me just group? Say, you are. Mayor, <laughs> Mayor if, if, you, if casinos reopen, are you going to be inside those casinos every single night putting your own life on the line? I have lived in this town for 56 years. Are you going to go to the casinos no, no, no. every night and put your life on the line no, like I, all the workers I, you say I've you were there holding town, their hands? So I am. They don't need it. We weren't broken. We as tragically have 150 people we lost. Tragic. We have 2.3 million people here. I haven't heard and you say yes, that you would be sitting on those casino floors every night along with the people that you say you are holding their hands with. What, what is the purpose of that? First of all, I have the family. Because it would, be putting, your money, it would be putting what money you where your mouth is. To yeah, it's like, you're the person in charge of making sure casinos are safe. You're the person. Like, get your shit together. This lady is... Yeah, I mean, it's like... And this, here's the and this fucking, like, you know, birdcage liner knows better than she does. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, here's the thing. That... <sighs> okay, so... The problem with, like, reopening something like a single casino in Las Vegas. We all know it's in the desert, right? That 
it pretty much has to be air conditioned all the time. And what we've learned is that air conditioners are very efficient at aerosolizing droplets. Um, there have been studies done on this. Um, it's called it's Legionnaire's actually... disease. Yes. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> this lovely thing. And it turns out to apply to the novel coronavirus. So what you're basically doing is creating this huge plague chamber, even if you maxed out the capacity at like 30% or 50%. And like... Which is well below all the what not they need casi- to be profitable, by the way. Well yeah, below. like all the... All the non, uh, like a lot of the stuff in the building is loss leader, and they they have to make their numbers with volume. Uh, they can't just depend on taking a whale's money um, enough because, well, like, you know, there's only so many of those out there, and, and, and the because... real heads gamble at <laughs> the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, like that. Like we keep joking about how like Wall Street runs like a casino, but truth be told, if Wall Street was actually regulated like a casino, it would not act anything like Wall Street. Like part of what makes like casinos so tight on their margins, like not super tight, but you know they have like they need volume, like and they need a yeah. lot of people coming in. And part of the reason why is because casinos, by law, in the state of Nevada are required to have one dollar in their vault for a physical dollar in their physical vault on site for every dollar of chips that are out on the playing table they have to keep literal like hundreds of millions of dollars in cash on hand that's just to operate so many heist films yeah that's why yeah they are literally like the only like the only possible place you could hit in North America where you could literally walk away with sacks of money would be a Vegas casino. Yeah, because there's no such thing as a fractional reserve for a casino. Yeah. yeah. So they yeah. are like, and that's also why like the booze is free and they don't put up clocks, like because they've got half a billion in the vault. Yeah. They, yeah. It is like. It's kind of like a land-rich, cash-poor kind of situation, almost. Like, they have absurd amounts of money, but they have to just sit on it in cash, and they have to spend extra money for people to, like, you know, keep, like, fucking Ocean's Eleven shit from happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... I mean, they could cut into their reserves, but that would mean running smaller games, which doesn't attract as many people, and cuts off the whales entirely. Yeah. Um, and because uh, like there's no point in running a high stakes game if you know they can't back it because legally they have to back the entire goddamn thing exactly yeah and yeah. it's like this shit is like and of course there's also like and i just saw this coming through mm-hmm. heathrow like a month ago now like i've officially been out of airstrip one for four weeks um Hell yeah. Congratulations. Um, like, on the way out through Heathrow, like, it's literally, like, the only time I've ever seen where you could, like, almost see tumbleweeds blowing through. And this is literally, like, one of the five busiest airports on the planet. Like, Heathrow yeah. is an enormous hub for air travel. And 
most Does it regularly trade with like um a few others for number one? Oh yeah. It's like and if Heathrow was basically like like I took pictures while I was in there and there was shit like a shuttered Starbucks and shit that was just like damn, this is like How? Like it shuttered. Like the steel <laughs> shutters were down over the fucking was- Starbucks <laughs> all the Starbuckses and the fucking like all the other like fucking cheap ass chains and cost Lacostas and shit in there were all sh- like steel shutters down and everything. Like the only place you could get like food was just this shitty ass little like you know stuff in the cooler at the like British Walgreens and like that's Jesus. like one of the busiest fucking airports in the world. And most of how that like traffic for the casinos comes into Vegas is through the fucking airport. So Heathrow is looking like a goddamn ghost town. 70,000 passengers a day used to land in Las Vegas, disembark, and fucking spend money there. Just absolute stupid amounts of money. And now it's like nothing. And it's not because people are legally barred from doing it. It's because no one wants to go to their fucking death chambers. (sighs) Yeah, like, yeah, 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 because every building there pretty much has to be air conditioned. Like, and the situation is not going to improve. It's April. It's late April. Things are already heating up. Optimistic um, predictions for when a working vaccine will be available is like next year, beginning of yeah. 2021. Yeah, and that's those and those optimistic yeah. saying optimistic here very tenuously um those optimistic predictions also say there's probably going to be another outbreak in the fall and there most likely will be a serious outbreak in the winter and remember folks it is still no evidence to confirm that if you catch covid 19 you will be immune to it that's not confirmed yet so And there's also two separate strains um, circulating right now. There's, as far as is known, there's a European and a Chinese one. And that means that the likelihood of a vaccine working on both of them, like, we don't know. They're testing... Um, and shout out Trippy Ahmed. pointed this out to us, so shout out to one of our listeners. Um, that <laughs> so he pointed out that um, Egypt is currently doing tests to see if um, if antibodies from um, European strain will work on Chinese strain and vice versa. We don't know. Th- uh, we don't know the answer to that, and that's. If it turns out that that's not the case, then we're going to have a lot of problems. Um, Vaccine development is going to be more difficult because it's going to have to handle both strains at once. And any, um, you know, major mutation that breaks out. Yeah, no, it it gets complicated really fast when we start uh, getting into mutating strains and stuff. And 
I mean, there's not... always the, the fallback option of, like, shoving a yeah. tanning bulb up your ass and chugging some bleach. I mean, it, yeah, it's you know, there, there's uh, worse it... ways to die. <laughs> there, there technically are. There technically are worse ways to die. Um, uh, Auto-erotic asphyxiation. That is, um, that is, okay, that is a much better way to die, and I do not know why you would think that that's a bad way to die. But let's move on. Donald Trump is officially worse than autoerotic asphyxiation. It's an embarrassing way to die. I will stand by that until the day I die of autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> it's an embarrassing death, but it's a relatively quick one. With bleach, look, with bleach or MMS or any of that shit, like, if you get the lethal dose, um, and it's anyone's guess as to whether or not you do, um, you will die, and it will hurt the entire time you're dying. It's not good. It's an oxidizer, people. You'll also be it destroys, the whole time. It destroys organic compounds so, very easily. It wants to... Yeah. Uh, yes. Your uh, your face will rot off in a bad trip dream. Yeah. On, on one hand, you'll die a horrible, painful death. On the other, you'll have horrible nightmares. So yeah. it's like impossible to say whether it's good or not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and like, but what's just so fucking nuts about this is that, like we talked about last week, <laughs> that a lot of these people that are coming out to these like fucking lockdown protests who are demanding that shit be reopened again, it are people who are like talking about, oh, I have employees to pay, I want to go get my hair did, like people literally holding signs saying, I want to get my hair done, and massage is essential labor. Um. And, like, we're not making this shit up. You can find this on Google. Um, I wish we were. But, uh, it's, like, the people that are doing this are all, like, fucking loud-ass, like, fucking small business tyrants. But they're gonna be the ones that will eat shit and fucking die if the reopenings actually happen. Yeah. It's, no, it's very bad for so many people. So many states. Like, it's... It's not good, and, like, there is, like... I mean, like, the... It's funny, because, like, the uh, the media is, like, presenting this as, like, this, like, fucking groundswell of this grassroots movement that represents the real needs of the people, when it'll be, like, 45 people who all make over 80k a year showing up in their shiny 2016, 2019 fucking... F two fifty diesel and like toting three thousand dollar rifles. Yeah, they've got their f- yeah for an excursion. They're, they're running around with like oh yeah, these- I remember that guy with the AC. Like motherfucker, the best thing I've got is a fucking camping knife. Yeah, they've got like these like twelve hundred dollar bulletproof vests and like a one thousand dollar scope on their two thousand dollar rifle, driving an a $48,000 truck and then like I mean there's a certain point at which you're not not just like gun rich but you're like actively you know 
a yeah, small these business. These people own the ski and like that dealerships, and they're really mad that no one is buying their skidoos right now. ACR guy was a nightclub yeah. owner in Pittsburgh. He's, yeah, that these are people who are like going. I want to make my fucking servants, and I'm only saying servants because we're not allowed to say slaves anymore because of that whole Abe Lincoln bullshit. Uh, to go back to work mm-hmm. and get their asses back out in the fields and the warehouses and like die faithfully for my bottom line and so that i can get my hair did and go to the fucking applebee's whenever to i want to be fair my fade is you know it, it is getting kind of shaggy it's growing out i don't have that sharp fade that i had and honestly thousands hundreds of thousands millions of people should die for my fade it is sharp as fuck normally. So that needs to be taken into consideration. I yes you, you saw my haircut, right? I did that myself. <laughs> and it was pretty sad. Yeah. But there's it, the thing is that like no one actually really wants to open up. None of these like like the polls are like eighty percent of people, like seventy two percent of Republicans are all like we want to stay closed until everything is safe. Like, it is more unpopular than cutting Medicare or monkeying around with Social Security. Like, it's kind of amazing that this is, uh, that these guys are willing to... This isn't even, like, pissing on a political third rail. This is more like, I'm going to play roulette with a political landmine. Yeah, yeah, and, like, right now, like... And it's, like, obvious, like, that the, that, like, the politicians are, like, really only doing what will cement their power the most, which is really interesting. That, like, the governors are, like, straight up, governors are, like, straight up forming these state associations, like the Western States Pact and, like, the fucking Council of States in the Northeast, the Midwestern Association of States. That is... 18 i cannot emphasize how much that is like 1860 conference of southern states shit yeah this is like all of these fucking uh, like stupid ass like even trump really because he's supposed to be the one who's allegedly ahead of the curve and all these like fucking big brains on wall street just do not seem to comprehend that even if you could like disneyland reopen the economy and reopen america and everything would go back to the way it was there's still way too much shit that's happened in the political and economic spheres for that to be even possible and there's just like too much like for the every single week there have been at least three things on this show that we have said this has never fucking happened before every single week you don't go back from that. We're seeing, like, the federal government and states and mayors and all fighting over medical supplies. The U.S. is stealing supplies from abroad. They're stealing supplies from the states. And the states are fighting the feds over essential medical supplies. This isn't... The, the conflict with legalized weed is like bad enough but you can sweep it under the rug by just not enforcing it it's like a fugitive state act things but like this is a direct conflict between the well-being of the states the power of the governors and their like ability to Mm -hmm. look at least even look like they're trying to like 
save their constituents' lives from a horrible plague, and the federal government. They have to fight the federal government to do that. They have to do it with force, with men with guns. That's what's happening. Yeah. And there's even places where you're having, like, city governments that are at war with state governments. Like, in the state of Tennessee, all the major metro areas have formed their own pact, completely independent of the state government, to be like, right, so we're going to do our own thing because we don't want to, like, break out yeah, the Yeah, apparently holes. Murray Bookchin is, like, fucking channeling yeah. his spirit in Tennessee. Like, they're fucking, they're fucking a confederation of municipalities down there. <laughs> it's... Like, this shit is just so going, like, th- just this kind of political, like, disintegration by itself is, like, and this isn't coming from nowhere. Like, the mayor of San Francisco on, I think it's, like, April 23rd, was saying that supplies ordered by the city of San Francisco were intercepted by parties unknown, um, which probably has London Breed now wishing she had someone to execute a Jar Jar Binks scheme for her to bring in PPE. Yeah, no, she needs, she the, needs like, a Korean wife or something to, like, fucking arrange a deal. <laughs> like, the fucking governor of, uh, what was it, Utah? Well, and, you know, <laughs> if she had a Korean wife, that would save her from the, like, massive corruption scandals in that are like brewing in san francisco because then she'd be all like well but i'm a woman of color who is a lesbian who's married to a woman of color so fuck you oh um in some totally bankrupt liberal improv bullshit um <laughs> yeah but... the uh breaking news we just got word right now during recording that the mayors in Georgia, and we are on topic, this is during while we're talking about this exact topic, the mayors of Georgia... April 25th, 57 minutes ago. (laughs) The mayors are pissed at the state for trying to open. (laughs) I don't blame them at all, (laughs) because... It's It's like... It's it's god-awful. They're very pissed. They're... The the mayors are saying, stay at home, nothing has changed. We're looking at, like, a straight up, we're looking at actual authorities contradicting each other and fighting each other. It's, yeah. Well, that's also like kind of happening um, in Texas. Too. Yeah, in the, the like article. The big metros in Texas have all said they're going to do their own policy. Like, this shit is like... Well, Georgia is trying to override... Um, the, the thing with uh, Texas is that Texas is like, we're reopening statewide, but you metro people can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, you can't yeah. be looser yeah. than we are, but, you know. Georgia, Georgia is like, Kemp has gone like full fucking black pill because he wants to, um, he wants to basically stop the unemployment fund bleeding. And so he figures, you know, if I reopen everything, then no one's eligible for unemployment anymore um, because COVID-19 is not technically a justification for not seeking work 
for not returning to your job. Um, and so <laughs> he's like, I, I'm going to balance the books yeah, no. atop these dead. Yeah. That's, they, that's what yeah, he's doing. They're, they're that's really, what he's doing. All they want to do is they think that if enough, if they send enough people to their deaths, that the books will fix themselves. That's really what it mm-hmm. comes down to. Yeah. They, they just, that's... If they make people... Sp- like, they're thinking, like, if they can make people spend money and go out and do consumption that makes the number happy, then it will make the number happy and things will be fine. Because if we tell them that they have to go out, never mind that, you know, eight out of every ten, like, four out of five people in the United States are like, no, that's fucking yeah, dumb. and the thing is, it's not <laughs> a question of let the economy die and everyone starve to death and etc. etc. Or open up the lockdown and make everyone go back to work. The There is the third option, which is keep the lockdown, but pay everyone to stay home and make them not have to pay their bills. Like, it's very easy to do. Multiple countries have already done it. Like, we've lit mountains of money on fire to make what Wall year? Street happy. So, like, the, the cost that it would... The, the amount of money you would have to spend to give, like, the House Democrats actually just, some of the House Democrats actually just proposed, uh, like, $2,000 a month would be, like, nothing compared to, like, the amount of money that fucking Goldman Sachs lights on fire when they fart. And uh, the other thing that I saw, unfortunately, I don't have a link, so I can't show you. Um, was talking about what it's like on the ground uh, for these reopening businesses and I have never seen you know small business tyrant types get scared I think the telling thing is is that you know it's not just like white um, small business tyrants that are getting affected by this Um, like the one that stuck with me was this uh, Dominican hair salon that was having to reopen because you know they wouldn't give her any uh, rent relief on the building and you know the lockdown order just got lifted so she has no recourse she has to open she has to turn her hair salon into a plague chamber and hope that you know nobody gets too and, sick and that was happening to like small businesses in the uk for like about a week before the lockdown was actually announced in the united kingdom because boris was doing his little stupid take it on the chin shit and because he only advised people to obey social distancing and did not actually order it that meant and the same thing is happening in the united states for any of these states that are talking about lifting lockdowns what that meant was insurance companies were not obligated to pay out due to loss of income uh as a result of basically act of god yeah that's what this is is from an insurance perspective um yeah it meant that people were not getting unemployment because they were not actually being furloughed because they're or forced out of their jobs because the businesses were not, you know, being shut down. They were just voluntarily not opening, which is not the same thing. And like, there was even like some shit from like some like fucking Trump stick 
in the White House who was asked about what would happen if these lockdown orders were lifted in Georgia. And they were like, oh, yeah, the provisions of the Relief Act that have been passed so far would no longer apply. And that's fucking in the text. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... But those provisions were only meant to trigger, like, you know... Months from now, possibly like a year or two from now, not like now. Like if we're assuming that the like ten members of Congress who give a fuck about other people were writing this, then yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised if, especially because Trump is like fucking throwing Kemp and the governor of Georgia under a bus because he's moving too fast. That this was there to make an escape hatch. This was like. The, like, 10 or 12, like, members of Congress who actually, like, have a soul and haven't sold it to Mammon yet for one reason or another. We're like, okay, we're putting this in here because this makes sense. We have to sunset this to make the fucking centrist ghouls and in the suicide cult and the vultures in the Republican death cult happy. And then, you know, all the rest of them are like, neat, this gives us an excuse to, like, fucking screw state and local governments. Yeah, it's not... We're looking at, like, unprecedented stuff here. That's what it really comes down to. And, like, the the economy... Like, we can repeat this every episode, but it is worth repeating. The economy is not fucking dead in the Greater Depression shit that we're seeing because of the lockdown orders it's because people don't want to die of covid and so what we're seeing now is these huge repercussions that like the system was incredibly fragile already and covid snapped this snapped it like a twig and the un and everyone are predicting famines now mm-hmm yeah, like, I mean, to give some context as to how fragile this system was, the official GDP loss for first quarter was 20%. The Great Depression, at its worst, saw 14% In one quarter, yeah. loss over one quarter of the GDP. And that was when Wall Street was, like, in free yeah, fall. Yeah, they didn't have the circuit so, breakers and shit back then. They didn't have the FDIC. Like, and it... Oh, yeah. This is, we we are economically in the land of dragons here at this point. Like, you don't come back. Like, all these people that are going, oh, it's going to be a V-shaped recession. Like, how? <laughs> I mean, maybe Hunter S. Thompson could smoke that crack. He still wouldn't believe it. But I'm not sure anyone else Yeah, could. there's, these predictions are the official predictions because they massage the numbers and they try to make it seem like they they go off like all of these like spherical cow in an empty plane assumptions about the economy coming back and that shit like this is why <laughs> yeah. and so but there's real there's real <laughs> consequences to this this isn't just fucking I speak for yourself line on but going the back. suffering <laughs> the like the, the who is it? Not just the UN. Unemployment goes yeah. up, people die. Unemployment goes up, people die. And that's really what it comes down to, you know? Like, people are... And that gets yeah. us to the UN shit. That's just... 
absolutely appalling. It's fucking, oh, God, no. Um, let me, there's multiple sources. There's so many sources. The, about like just how the pandemic has just raised food prices and lowered incomes. The, and what that means is that yeah. people can't afford food. So part of the problem, as I understand it, is there's like two, there's two entirely different supply chains for, um, for food in this country alone. Like you've got the retail channel, which is um, them selling stuff to us. And then you've got the commercial channel, which is for um, commercial uh, consumption. Yeah, like Cisco. Like restaurants and such, institutions. What the fucking well, Stanford the, yeah. uh, catering company that uses like refried soy hockey pucks to yeah. feed the donors. Yeah. And what's happening is. Now, admittedly, um, the part of the problem is is that the um, well, the commercial sector is willing to accept um, certain things that the retail sector can't or won't. But in other cases, like you know, we've got mass potato dumping. We've got mass. Um, We've got like this one egg um, farmer who has just culled something like sixty-one thousand chickens, which is, which agriculturally yeah, things is, like that. He's not going no, back. No, no, he's gonna fucking default, and he's gonna have his assets seized, and then there won't be production from yeah. that farm. I. Like, there were lamb be... farmers who were talking about having to do mass culls in the UK before COVID-19, just because of Brexit, and they were saying the mass culls they were expecting due to a loss of demand would have absolutely decimated the British livestock industry for generations. And that doesn't even touch what is yeah. probably going to be happening in a lot of, like, agriculture and livestock now. Like this, this is like permanent loss. Yeah, of and it's like it's not it's not like plants where you know you have to replant every year and you have to get seeds every year. Um, like animals have a very long lead time in terms of rebuilding your stock, and if you just you know cull everything, then um, well what the fuck are you going to do when yeah. when you're trying to return to normal? And on top of that, you know, we're using up, you know, precious water in, in the aquifers um, and all of this shit all so we can just plow it under because there's no fucking demand and there won't be for a while. I mean, until the until the the retail supply chain stalls out, America still has the same population. Yeah, interesting how that works. Huge drop in demand for food, 
same population. There's some, there's somewhere, something in there is very messed up, you know? And, and this doesn't even touch on the fact that the Mississippi and Missouri River Basin is basically the linchpin of global grain production. Yeah. So for anyone yeah. to be torching, if there are people who are basically being forced to torch stock in the farm belt in the United States, that means global famines. That doesn't just mean people are going hungry in the United States. That means grain prices will go up everywhere. And when the price of bread goes up, the price of all other food goes yeah. up. And, you know, when the price of bread goes up too much, people tend to, like, storm the Bastille or assault Cossacks outside the Winter Palace. I mean, you know, these are things that have historically happened yeah. when the price of bread goes up. And, you know, any parallels between those historical instances of, I mean, e that even happened in 2011 in throughout, like, in Egypt and other parts of the Middle East, where, like, one of the many factors that fed into the Arab Spring was that these governments that were like like fucking basically these dictators that were tripping on the fucking neoliberal brainworms went we're going to cut food subsidies. Yeah. And right now we're in a depression and they're refusing to increase or in some cases actually cutting food subsidies all over the world. And Trump yeah. is still trying to cut yeah, food stamps. Very I mean we're Wait, no, didn't he succeed? Like well, and like we're the only reason we're not in a depression is because we're not yet in a recession, and we're only not in a recession because we haven't hit. Yeah, there the, hasn't uh, the been magical enough time for them to officially. But you can see it here from here. Fucking rules that we're in a depression because we haven't, you know, hit the ground. Like, Never mind. In early 1930, yeah, and we're at terminal velocity. We haven't hit the ground yet. So you can't say it's actually a recession or a depression <laughs> until you can get a forensic team out there to analyze the splatter of the blood and yeah, organs yeah, on the Yeah, you pavement. can only you can only uh define it retroactively. Yeah. So it's and and it's like the other thing that they loved to do was they declared the recession, uh, uh, the Great Recession, you know, the Great Financial Crisis over like long before we had ever actually recovered. And I, I was just like, I was so confused back then um, because like the number had technically recovered, yes, but nobody... Nobody, it ne it didn't seem to reflect any sort of underlying Yeah, reality. people only started, like, getting their jobs back by the end of the Obama administration. Like. Yeah. Like, it was, there, it's the jobless yeah. recovery for a reason. And this is under, like, this was going back to normal when normal did not you know, involve, like, potentially dying when you go to the grocery store. Or now the latest fun thing of, like, 30-year-olds yeah. who have tested positive for COVID post-mortem who died of fucking strokes. Like... Yeah. The, this shit is... You, there is no way that... And the best thing that really summarizes how fucking broken the bell is for the market 
the bell that they're desperately trying to unring than what's happened yeah. to oil. Oh. And that shit uh, is my No, <laughs> no, I definitely identify. I, I identify with that oh fucking my joker meme of oil has reached negative $37 a barrel and you're laughing? I am. And I'm tired of pretending it's not funny. <laughs> like... It's, it's hilarious. It's, there has never been a commodity so yeah. fucked. Has there ever been a commodity that got so fucked? No. This is literally never, like... I mean, maybe when the fucking Icemen were facing the invention yeah. of the refrigerator. Like... You know, maybe. It took... <laughs> but even then, they had some of, lead It time. took, like, a solid quite a few years for refrigerators to <laughs> enough to where Icemen lost their jobs. That's just a normal... I, there's no... Yeah. I've, I've never seen anything... I've never heard of it's anything amazing. like this except for stuff like the fucking tulip cratch. <laughs> like, you have to go back that far. Yeah! And, and this isn't like... And this isn't fucking flowers in Holland here. This is like the thing that makes the global economy <laughs> Yeah, spin. it's the fun... <laughs> As far as any commodity oh, can. Me. I'm dying of coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> it's like, and just to like explain, uh, like what we're talking about, like that negative price, what we're talking about is the fucking oil futures market. And oil, like all other commodities, gets traded in futures contracts, which means I am agreeing now that I will purchase, like say, 10,000 barrels of oil that is Arabian-like crude from Saudi Arabia, for an agreed upon price of like say thirty dollars mm-hmm. a barrel or something. I mean, this would have been as shit was completely melting down. But you know, for example, and what these negative futures mean is nobody wants to be stuck with holding those ten thousand barrels because they will lose money on the delivery of that contract. Because the other side of a future isn't not just. I'm going to pay you a certain amount for this. It also is, I'm going to get a delivery yeah, this of this is thing. actual... So futures traders are going, oh shit, I cannot be holding this yeah. stuff. They... Like, futures yeah. traders say they so... can't be holding oil. Okay. It comes down to there's no... Like, that's never happened. There's no storage for it. Okay, the okay. Demand is so, so... So here's the thing. And, here's and, the thing. And of course, because of the fucking sausage grinder so like, we talked about before, Russia and Saudi Arabia, who are two of the biggest producers on the planet, went into overdrive and just flooded the market with cheap oil. And like the Saudis even went so far as to be like, hey, we're going to sell you like fucking off the back discounts and shit. So there's like millions of barrels <laughs> beyond anyone's capacity under normal circumstances floating around so okay um i mean the doc covered this pretty well but here's um the piece that at least some of us missed here's the thing about trading in futures um occasionally these people will fuck up and they will let a contract expire. Uh, there was one notorious case um, where because of a bug in 
a software system and a overly aggressive um, an overly aggressive trader, the address for the uh, for the futures in in coal happened to be set to a certain dock, and the building that trader was based out yeah. of was attached to that dock. So they actually ten thousand tons of coal. delivery. Yeah. Of it was it was a, a barge like, full. What happened was that the yes. actual firm was at the docks. So normally they would see like, oh, this yeah. is in because normally what Chicago, would have happened this is in downtown Chicago. It's an undeliverable contract. It needs to be moved to it needs to be delivered to actual place. But they yeah. But when, place that can hold but when shit. it's actually at it's a, a dock that receives when it's at a place that receives coal shipments they're like oh yeah no that flies that makes sense because <laughs> of course yeah yeah and so that's There's... that's what's threatening to happen here a whole bunch of people are basically saying by holding these contracts that they will be accepting in thousand barrel quantities these barrels of crude oil from back like in, 30. in like 30 how many days? Yeah. Six days. Oh, um, by yeah. the time this releases, there will be four days left because all of those contracts have expired. What expi- what expiration means? Yeah, and so what what's going to happen is they had to sell them at negative thirty seven to people who yeah, would accept because delivery. they want them. At, they do not want to be holding that fucking bag. Yeah, they would rather take a predictable loss than suffer the unpredictable loss of holding that. And I mean, the futures for June and July have rebounded, but. You know, that's probably free market fairy dust. Like, if you pull up things like, like, there's actually one, a picture of this is going around right now. That if you look at some different, like, shipping trackers and stuff, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of these that are out there online for tracking, like, oil tankers and container ships and all that shit, because that is economically vital information. Since, like, something like 70% of all goods shipped in the world go by sea. Yeah, And if you pull up the one that's been going around of oil tankers, it looks like the fucking ocean has broken out in chicken pox and all those tankers have nowhere to go. They are sitting at sea with holds full of oil of mul- and this and just like another fun thing of oil is you can't just ship it anywhere. Certain kinds of oil can only be refined at certain kinds of refineries. Like, that's part of why, like, Persian Gulf oil is so incredibly valuable is because it's of a particular grade that is really, really easy on refineries. So it's really cheap to do on all ends of production. So when, so this isn't like oil that you can plug and play. This is like, you've got Arabian sweet light. You've got Bakken crude, which is only good for fucking ship diesel and stuff that's everywhere in between. That all has to go to very specific places, and those places are not taking it. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, and I, I really, I really will admit that I never thought that peak oil would be the peak amount of oil 
that the world can yeah, still it work. was it was never supposed to be like this like you never thought that like <laughs> damn like the worst predictions two weeks ago were zero per barrel yeah it's and it's important to note that like the price of like an actual barrel of oil hasn't dropped to zero which it's, means it's people futures. don't want to hold well, and no at, at one point the <laughs> at one point the actual price for certain traded bear for certain places uh i think it was like yeah west, west texas, texas yeah west texas index, in, yeah. index uh, that that one went to one cent a barrel for like wow. actual current trading that's like that went to one cent a barrel um the now now prices have stabilized back up to you know like fifteen, which is still below return on investment <laughs> as of recording. By the way, that's still not profitable. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, and it's so unprofitable. Yeah, and, and of course, all the fucking big banks are fucking sweating because, of course, Chevron and Exxon. And Saudi Aramco and all these other big oil companies are safe investments. How could they not be safe investments? Of course we're going to lend them money. Oh, shit. They're not. Like, that's what's happening. Like, that's yeah. why you've got fucking, like, oil executives <laughs> that are learning whether or not Peter Pan was right. It's so utterly... it. Yeah. And this is the largest industry on the planet, not including finance. Like the largest industry on the planet that is based on actual yeah. assets, and they are eating shit in a way that's like got climate activists going like, "Wow, we didn't think that like oil was just gonna like kill itself for us, but apparently it did." I never would have pegged Putin. Or Mr. Bonesaw for being suicide <laughs> cult men. I always would have thought they would be more the murder cult denomination. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. I really did not... I did not predict the suicide. I mean, we I, know that really the king didn't. of Saudi Arabia and is already in is the it, dead cult. They just haven't verified it. He's in, like, the same bunker that's holding Kim Jong-un. Is our yeah. analysis of... Uh, how unprofitable fracking was in a lost episode or no we have that or did we air that okay yeah so if y'all go back to like one of our first episodes it's oil wasn't doing good at 60 dollars a gallon (laughs) yeah like exxon was just like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck When they were making money off of normal oil. Now they're, like, drawing a bath and putting on yeah. a hush mode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're fucking... It's bad. Like the... they're, they're cleaning their house. They're, like, writing notes. You know, it's it's not... like Yeah, like, that, and this isn't, like, just us. This is in the oil industry press. They're all basically, like, writing the very solemn eulogies. This is, like... They know the jig is up. Yeah. Like, the American, like, the oil industry that is not, like, owned by the fucking kingdom of Saudi Arabia or the Russian government or the government of Iran, like, basically anything that is not a state-owned oil company, they have all, like, they've called the undertakers. They've set everything up with the funeral homes. It's a done deal. Like, there's even this article from... What 
with um, Adam Tooze in uh, foreign policy that goes into that even these big like state owned oil companies are expecting and by the way these state owned oil companies basically hold up these governments are expecting to seriously eat like an entire barrel of shit and that and this also means by the way for fun like you know balance of power shit that oil is completely out of the private sector at this point it is completely under the control of state-owned companies or fucking ugliopolis run by fucking gangsters like any pretense of this being a thing dictated by the market is over for the first time since like some dumbass i need to come up with like an opec hand yeah like like Like, this is like the first time since like some dumbass struck oil in the backwoods of pennsylvania that oil is no longer like being dominated by the oil majors. Yeah. So, and the other, uh, the other major thing, and this is this is what's got them really scared. Um, a lot of like take back uh, back and crude, for example, because that shit is terrible. Um, but to a lesser extent, this applies to like fucking everyone. Um, you cannot just stop an oil pump. If you do, what happens is, is it will, the oil and the solids within it will sludge up and eventually they will hard, uh, it'll harden into a solid. You won't be able to budget. You'll basically have to abandon that entire pipe and redrill the entire thing. Yeah, what happens is if you stop pumping, you break the pump. You break the rig. That's that's what it comes down to. And you can stop it like temporarily for like maintenance and shit. You can't stop it no. for this long. Like we're talking about This months. is this is so um, much sunk cost that is all coming to pay. And these are companies that are operating on a model that assumes that even when even when oil prices crashed during the 2008 financial crisis the oil industry and the oil (laughs) majors were able to shrug it off and keep going like there's literally never been a an economic downturn in history that has caused the oil industry to actually start going shit it's over this has never happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, all that, oh, all that shale oil, all the tar sand stuff. That that's done. That is fucking yeah. dead. That they're like those the Persian doing those. Those were doing the Persian the Gulf has won. Yeah. Like they uh, they've won. They've totally destroyed that entire industry you know, at the cost of destroying the stability of their own budgets and ability to maintain a functioning government but hey, <laughs> you know, suicide cult yeah i well, mean they might uh that's actually this yeah. this actually turns out to be a relative win for iran because it has a much more diversified economy than its rivals <laughs> yeah yeah and also they're insulated from the international markets which because is of, good for them because right of now. donald trump yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Do- like Donald Trump actually is a 5D chess player. It's just that he is a 12 or Shia. So Apparently. like 
he is he follows <laughs> the imams and he believes in the right of the supreme leader all, all those and, people who were saying obama was the secret muslim it's like motherfuckers how could you have missed all the evidence <laughs> yeah no it's he's he's undermined saudi stability he's undermined uh any uh fight against uh fucking assad he's he's really got it down he straight up punted when iran all but officially bombed the refinery that caused the price war that's destroying the oil industry yeah he yeah he's he's (laughs) bombed iraq which has made iraq stop being like oh i don't know whether iran or america to choose they chose iran and also uh his actions have caused the collapse of the lebanese economy which you know fingers crossed hezbollah state sorry fenia (laughs) it's it's yeah no it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see how iran comes out of this we apologize to some of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, to, to to all of our Lebanese listeners, uh, you're gonna have to sign up for Hezbollah. It's sorry, you know. <laughs> it's this shit is, and of course, you know, it's all in the middle of all this. Of course, we have the American suicide cultists who just can't stop. Um... Who decided to, like, fucking breathe life into Larry Summers' corpse for whatever reasons and bring back the man who has managed to wreck, like, at least three national economies in the global economy once and go, yes, we want him to be, like, the economic advisor for Joe Biden. The guy who went, I'm going to out racism Trump on China. Yeah, this is... He is for the real heads he is the guy that was so loathsome that even obama punted him eventually it took some art it took um... <laughs> and a lot of pressure from like liberal groups to do that by the way yeah and the reason he is like the bait noir um is pretty simple he was the one who destroyed the post-Soviet Russian economy. He and his fucking ghouls came in and told them to do all that shock doctrine shit. And they believed him. And Yeltsin had an interest in believing And now we have Putin because of Larry yeah. Summers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Larry yeah. Summers is one of the people responsible for the millions of deaths in Russia and Ukraine and, in the 90s. And, uh, yeah. parody, parody, parody probably is also a KGB agent working for Vladimir Putin. Because, I mean, he made him possible. I mean, uh, parody, but he probably is behind the Epstein ring. Uh, and, and, you know, stealing the... <laughs> Uh, he actually did and have ties to that. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, he, no, this guy is fucking... He is, like, one of those very scary 
fucking like behind the scenes ghouls who is like masterminded the past like 30 years of like death cult economics he's also orchestrated the breakup of yeah. everything like this is liked. yeah this is he is basically the Elliot Abrams of economic development and if you don't know who Abrams is there's a reason for that people like him aren't talked about very much only the real heads really remember Summers or Abrams or, you know, ghouls like that, unless they, you know, completely show their ass in the news. And even then only for like, you know, a single news cycle, then, you know, the, the dog shit media just like completely loses fucking interest. But I remember, I remember him and I remember Abrams and none of these people should be allowed any access to power whatsoever. They should be uh, sharing a cell in the Hague. Larry Summers is like the fucking Oliver North of economics. Yeah. Except like this, uh, yeah. Oliver North didn't kill as many yeah, people. This, this, like, not this nearly. This dude is like a fucking mob hitman if the mob whacked entire countries. He, like... And this is who the, like, you know, the fucking handlers who have their hand up, like, Joe Biden's carcass to make it look like it's talking, think is a good idea to be leading this economy that has basically gone, yeah, like, we're just gonna, like, forget this thing called the 20th century. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's basically what's happening. They, like... Right now, the Democrats, uh, they ram Biden on a, like, uh, more left-wing platform than he's ever run on because uh, they knew that that's what the, like, base wanted. That's what the base wanted. They're like, oh, yeah, you guys want, like, more left-wing policies. And then they beat Sanders and they're like, cool, we can run as right as, we can just do the actual policy as far right as we want now. And so they're doing things like bringing in these, like, horror monsters to do the economy to be his economy economic advisors instead of you know like bringing in you know anyone good like fucking bring in paul krugman even he's like paul krugman is about elizabeth warren would be in a 45 degrees left yeah like this is like this guy is like (laughs) fucking awful he's he would be great in the fucking thatcher my partner's you know, chihuahua right shibi inu would do a better job because she uh, actually yeah. cares about your feelings <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god i, I just actually... everything about this is just so fucked up and it's like i know that you are all sick of electoral sports ball because our guy lost we ate shit like you know barring some like fucking hail mary you know well we we shouldn't have to care about this anymore but like in case you need any idea of like yeah how fucking evil they want to run well they picked larry summers for their economic advisor 
Yeah, so that should tell you like fucking yeah. everything about like the we bike. keep saying they're the suicide cult, and they've just said yes, we are. Like, and there's actually like a great yeah, one yeah. from uh, like Daddy Hunter that just summarizes the like he who has like like the kind of intestinal fortitude that could go toe to toe with Ozzy Osbourne and Death Clock, um, and still like present coherent arguments. Like he wrote this back in like the nineteen in nineteen seventy two when the presidential primaries around George McGovern were going down. This was like when Nixon, who by every measure would be an improvement over like I don't know, everybody since Bill Clinton at the minimum. It said mm-hmm. when this shit was going down that led up to like the DNC insiders like absolutely rat fucking McGovern while Nixon was rat fucking McGovern and everybody else. Um and he was sitting down with like some other like Democratic hopeful on a plane, and the guy then turns to him and says, That's the real issue this time, he said. Beating Nixon. It's hard to even guess how much damage those bastards will do if they get in for another four years. And then Thompson says in it's this is in fear and loathing on the campaign trail 72 the argument was familiar i had even made it myself here and there but i was beginning to sense something very depressing about it how many more of these goddamn elections are we going to have to write off as lame but regrettably necessary holding actions and how many more of these stinking double downer sideshows will we have to go through before we have to give ourselves straight enough get before we have to get ourselves straight enough to put together some kind of national election that will give me and the at least 20 million people I tend to agree with a chance to vote for something, instead of always being faced with that old familiar choice between the lesser of two evils. Now with another of these big bogus showdowns looming down on us, I can already pick up the stench of another bummer. I understand, along with a lot of other people, that the big thing this year is beating Nixon. But that was also the big thing, as I recall, 12 years ago in 1960. And as far as I can tell, we've gone from bad to worse to rotten since then, and the outlook is for more of the same. This was almost 50 years ago, folks. This is how long it's been going on. This has been happening since 1960. The Republican has been running... So far to the right that everyone finds it unconscionable. And then the Democrats put forward a candidate that's slightly to the left of him. And we're all supposed to get excited to vote for that because it'll be stopping the Republicans from instituting, I don't know, mandatory nuclear weapons for toddlers. But, like, it's fucking... (laughs) Yeah. It's... Yeah, and now we've got, like, you know two senile sexual predators um, competing for the presidency and so that's that's what lesser evil gets you yeah that's what we're getting that's like we're seeing the trajectory of lesser evilism we've seen it over the past fucking almost 60 years for the past 60 years since 1960 as fucking hunter s thompson said we've been going for the lesser evil and what that means is guys like fucking Lawrence fucking Summers who whose unconscionable policies led to the death of millions of Russians he he's now 
are he's coming back. He's the he's the lesser evil again, and it's gonna we're keep getting worse. Again line. Yeah, it's we're we're in a worst we're in a worst state, and they keep bringing us back to the worst people. There, yeah, there's no s- cycle that won't be the end of the world for yeah. a Republican getting elected. And that's why, like, and we've seen, that, like, primaries. There's only so much we can do. They've got the keys. And so, <laughs> like, convincing the Democrats who are materially fucking obligated they're materially invested in not letting the people actually choose the candidates, expecting them to just let us go in and have the will of the people be heard is it's naive. It's not going to happen. They're not going to let us in because yeah. the Democrats are a party. Yeah. Of and capital. that's before even going into and, how utterly broken the electoral system is like, Full stop. This is something that everybody who went out and volunteered and worked their ass off for Sanders needs to remember and keep in mind the center of Bernie Sanders' electoral strategy was if we turn out enough people and we get enough people from blocks that usually don't vote, we will be able to overcome shit like gerrymandering and voter ID and vote suppression. And if we have a big enough ground game, we will be able to do it. And the states where Bernie did the best in were states that have very open voting laws. And the states he did the worst in were all Republican states that are actively making it impossible for anybody under the age of 40 or who is not white to vote. It like whether or not this is something that is you're comfortable with, the reality is the Sanders campaign could not overcome the vote suppression measures the Republican Party have been going nuts on for the last 10 years. And if the Sanders campaign couldn't do it, mm. then guess... What makes you think, what makes you think anyone else will? When he was gearing up a campaign that yeah. actively gave a shit about these things while the DNC is has been basically completely asleep at the switch on vote suppression. Yeah, no, we're we're looking at stuff like the the fucking literacy test provision in the fucking Civil Rights Act getting that got repealed. Like, so we're looking at levels of voter suppression that are quickly approaching Jim Crow levels. And yeah, there's that's And the not, Democrats don't give a shit. No, they Like some of them do, but a lot of them just don't because they've realized something very important, which is that if they own the machine, then, you know, they get a bite of the apple, too. But only if they put in establishment candidates. Only if they're basically indistinguishable from the fucking Republicans. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, they're not going to push too hard to, like, restore the Voting Rights Act. They're going to piss and moan about, oh, we can't get the votes. Oh, we can't do this. Oh, we can't do that. And it's like, fuck you. No, like, no, because ultimately the do something. goal isn't Fucking do to... something. But they're not going to, because they don't give a and, shit And it's easier you. to make money by bilking you for donations when they're the party in opposition than they are 
actually like have yeah. to be responsible for delivering on policy that fucks over the people they've conned and devoted for them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They are the most useless opposition party on the planet. And, and they are they like and them. that includes the fucking Labour Party where the Blairites were actively at war with the Corbinites. They literally undermined their own election so that the left of their party wouldn't and, win in the actual yeah. general And the election. Labour Party was still a better opposition party in spite of the fact that they were actively knifing each other than the Democratic Party ever has been. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not it's not like good. electoralists. This is this is who you've hitched your your horse to. Yeah, we've like. seen in the past fucking like four months, five months, we've seen that electoralism isn't going to work. It's not going to. You can't. We're not going to be able to vote ourselves out of this. But if voting changed anything, they'd make it illegal. Well, guess what? They they did. Yeah, they are making they it did. illegal. Yeah. They're not going to let voting change things. <laughs> so, you know, when Donald Trump says, either through Mitch McConnell threatening to force the states to go bankrupt, or his Attorney General Hatchet Man threatening to sue state governments and take them to court and make the Supreme Court tell them they're bad boys and girls, and sincerely hope that Gavin Newsom doesn't say John Roberts has made his decision, let him enforce it... You know, there's always turning around and saying, well, this is no longer a quarantine. This is a strike. And we're not going to die for your market god. Yeah. Yeah, there's... And, you know, we actually... People talk a lot about how... uh, labor ain't what it used to be uh that like people don't like make things anymore weird stuff like that but ultimately yeah we do we're here and we feed everyone we clothe everyone and we we make everything and we get things to where they need to go like yeah there people Things don't come out of nowhere. Workers make them, they ship them. And yeah. they distribute them. And every most people are in actual... Most people who are working right now are in the most essential jobs. That's why they're called yeah. essential. <laughs> and any kind of strike within these sectors would be crippling it would make a response be like there there can't there wouldn't be the infrastructure for a negative response to this for a way to fight it there's no way that it's going to happen and and the other thing that i would say is that a strike doesn't have to be you know completely refusing to work like a lot of transit strikes don't actually end up with you know every driver sitting out um they you know that's happened in the past but one very effective tactic has been 
to basically just completely stop collecting fare. Just completely ignore the whole thing. And it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, that's kind of already going on a lot. Uh, A lot of transit authorities aren't accepting cash fare, which gets rid of a lot of fare and even then the bus drivers aren't enforcing fare because like half the fare that people bring in they can't pay so we're seeing that kind of thing already happening just thanks to the conditions of covid yeah and so it's like it's not like a general uh, i've heard some people be like well, a general strike in these conditions would just mean that they would shut down everything, and so nobody could get food, nobody could get this, nobody could get that. Well, you that. could even do it by um, like what's called work to rule, where you just say, we're not going, we are going to strictly follow everything that is in the employee manual, we're going to do everything by the book, we're going to follow every single one of those goddamn stupid as fuck corporate rules that nobody ever actually follows because they get in the way of doing the job, and we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then corporate's oh, going to yeah. flip their yeah. shit. No. At my work, you're supposed to report every injury, including down to, like, paper clips. Well, oh, oh, no. oh, looks like I scratched my leg on on the trailer. Uh, yeah, uh, I need to report that. Uh, we're going to need to go through the whole reporting procedure. I'm going to be out for like 45 minutes, you know, like every day. Yeah. That kind of stuff is would just destroy my workplace. Yeah. <laughs> it would. Yeah. And... and any other organs. <laughs> so, you know, if they're making you go back in and risk fucking stroking out so that Karen can get her latte on the way to doing her hair, you know, fuck yeah. it. Yeah, just follow the rules and tell everyone else to follow <laughs> the rules. <laughs> And there is, if it comes down to it, I mean, logistics people have a surprising amount of power. They're the ones who control how the goods move in this country and who gets them. And, like, uh, they can't arrest every single employee of UPS or the Walmart distribution center or what the fuck ever. Like if we just start seizing goods, parody in a video game, um, if we start seizing goods in Minecraft and we just reading them to the people who need them, then there is not a hell of a lot they can do. They can send their like fucking, you know, plague vectors in blue to, uh, attack us but they can't arrest everyone and they need us to do this shit it's 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 important you know and if uh if you uh, find anything that uh fell off the back of a truck uh maybe maybe your comrades could uh enjoy some of it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yep yep 
Speaking of which, uh, the feds, <laughs> the feds just got off the Teamsters back that thirty-year uh, uh, thing where the feds were constantly uh, investigating the Teamsters for <laughs> for uh, organized crime activity has just ended. So. Nice. I'm just, awesome. you know, just sharing good news. Yeah. So remember, <laughs> as we always say, the greatest power is in your communities and with your fellow workers. And, I mean, we've all yeah. seen that these fucking masters of the universe are utterly useless. So, show it to them. Yeah. Until next time, guys. Yeah, this was... Chop Shop Economics. You read this shit so you don't have to. Bye, everybody. <laughs>